I want to talk to you about something that's not pleasant. I want to talk to you this morning about something that is a very unpopular subject in the church today. As a matter of fact, it's something very unpopular to the world today. And as I was working on this, I said, you know, I was reading this passage of Scripture. I said, you know, I shared on something like this a few years ago. So I was reading it. I said, matter of fact, I think I kept the notes. This is a great thing. I could go back and forth and I could look and see what I said and what I didn't say and that kind of stuff. And I thought this would be good. And so I went back and I was looking back and, uh, at the notes and I said, oh, here they are. So I pulled it up and I said, okay, now let me go over here to the scripture. And I was reading this, this passage of scripture and I went back to the notes to look at the notes. And all that was there was the title. All the notes went away. I'm like, what did I do? And I think when I went to hit the back button, I accidentally hit the escape button and it just whoop, got rid of everything. I said, Jesus, this is not nice. <laughs> I, want, I wanted an easy day. He said, it'll be easy if you depend on me. I said, okay, Lord. I guess we're starting over from scratch. You know, I think sometimes he tells us something once and we've heard enough. But sometimes I think we have to hear things several times. You know what I'm saying? We have to hear it several times for it to sink in up here. You know what I mean? Especially me. Over 35 years of marriage, Virginia says to me at least two to three times a week, could you please put your shoes away? And I told her, she said, why do I have to keep saying this? And I said, well, repetition is a good thing. One day it will sink in. And I will put them away and you will be shocked. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? To think that one day it will, she, I, I've given her something to look forward to. You know what I'm saying? She's got something to look forward to. One day I will put my shoes away and she will be a happy woman. Why? Because of repetition. But that's not the, what I wanted to share with you this morning. Repetition is not something that I wanted to share with you. But what I want to talk to you about this morning is suffering. When Christians suffer. As I said, it's not a popular subject. It's not something that we look forward to talking about or even thinking about. Anybody that got up this morning and said, oh, I just can't wait to suffer. No, no, I don't think so. None of us got up this morning thinking we needed to suffer. But if you walked outside, you began to suffer. It was cold. As I said to you this morning, when I left the house at about six o'clock, I think it was a little earlier than that, and it was 37 degrees, I said, Lord, this is not the north. This is the south. This is Florida. We're close to the equator here. And the closer you get to the equator, the warmer it's supposed to be. I said, your weather guy up there, whoever it is, has gotten things messed up. So if you could pull him aside and talk to him about it, I most certainly would appreciate it. And 
think that's a fair request, right? Rosa come in the door this morning and she said, this is New Jersey weather. I said, yes. And I pulled it up and showed her it was 12 degrees in New Jersey. Their high today is what it is right now here. <laughs> Not good. Not good at all. So if you have your Bibles, I would like for you to turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. That's almost all the way to the back of your Bible in case you want to know. <laughs> so those of you who are starting from the front, you're going to be a little ways. But if you start from the back and work from backwards to forwards, you'll get there pretty quick. <laughs> Suffering is a real part of life. My wife said to me this morning when I got up and I got dressed and I put on my pants and a dress shirt. And she said, um, that's a short sleeve shirt. She said, it's cold outside. And I said, I know. And I went and I got this thing on and I, and I put it on. And she said, well, why did you put on a nice dress shirt and then put that thing on? That thing. As though it's a bad thing. Or an ugly thing. And I reminded her, she bought it for me for when the weather got cold. And I said, you bought this for me several years ago, and I've never worn it. She's worn it many times. She likes it. Nice and snuggly. To me, it's too heavy. But when I put it on this morning, I told people, like it, because this is my suit for the day. <laughs> it's not coming off it's nice and warm. Now I know why Virginia likes it so much. But suffering is a part of life. Every hospital we see lets us know about how real suffering is. Screaming sirens each time we hear them reminds us of how real suffering is. Not only the physical, but the mental anguish is seen in suffering. So why is it that Christians have trials? Well, if you turn to 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, Beloved, I think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which is to try you, as though some strange thing happen to you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad with exceeding joy. Wow. Oh, and it gets better. He's talking about suffering, right? It gets better. Here we go. In verse 14, if ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit and the glory and of God resisteth upon, resteth upon you. And on their part, he is evil spoken of. But on your part, he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody, and other man's matter. Oh my goodness. 
pastor's going to be talking about me this a busybody, a murderer, an evildoer. But that busybody's the one that caught me when I was reading it. It just, you know, words sometimes they just jump off the page and get you. And then, you know what I asked the Lord when I was reading, and that jumped off the page. I said, Lord, am I a busybody? Am I, am I too concerned about everybody's business? Am I always, is there, is there something wrong when I, when I sit down and I begin to pray for the people in our church and I know their situation, I begin to pray for their situations and the things that they're going through? Does that make me a busybody? No. But it goes on to say, listen to this. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on his behalf, on this behalf. For the time is come that judgment must begin in the house of God. So you talk about your suffering? Let judgment begin in the house of God. You see, church, all of us have a place in the body of Christ. All of us have a place where we need to be doing things for the Lord. But sometimes we do things we think we're doing it in the name of the Lord. We're actually doing it in the name of self. We're doing things to, to, to try to, you know, boast us up. Look what I did. I went and I helped this person and I did this for that person. And, and we go on, we can go on with streams of things that we have done for others because we want it to look good. But you see, when you do things in the name of the Lord, you do things for Christ, you do those things not looking to boast. You do those things because Christ called you to do them. He called you to be compassionate. He called you to love one another. Oh man, the churches are filled with people who don't love one another. And it grieves my heart sometimes when I hear some people in our, not here, but Christians in part, how they talk about other people. Matter of fact, one person said something to me just recently, very recently, they said something about someone else. Talked about their weight, actually. And I said, really? And they're like, well, what? I said, and this is how Christians talk about other Christians? Well, you got to understand, I'm not, I don't mean it literally like that. I said, but that's what you said. I said, and other people around you, when they hear that, they think that's what you feel. And so therefore, what are you doing? You're not edifying the body of Christ. You're actually tearing it down. You're actually bringing dissension into your own body. And it, and it doesn't work like that. He says here, it is not strange that Christians have trials. It always seems to amaze me that it, when it comes to our faith in the Lord, because we come to the Lord by faith, right? We come to Him by faith. So it amazes me when we come to the Lord 
that people think everything goes away. All their problems disappear. Why is that? Because they've been sold a bill of goods. By who? By those who saved them, who bring them to the Lord. Oh, if you come, if you get saved, you're, you're going to have a life of peace and tranquility. And, and the Lord's going to rejoice and the angels in heaven are going to rejoice. And they do. But you, you make them think that everything is going to be hunky-dory. When I have an opportunity to witness for the Lord Jesus and somebody comes to the Lord Jesus, you know what I tell them usually first thing? Guard your heart because the enemy is going to come after you like a roaring lion. Seeking to devour. Why? Because he doesn't like what just happened. He's going to bring suffering upon you. He's going to bring things. He's going to try to cause you to fall and to stumble and to, to leave. Man, this Christian stuff is too hard. I got to get out of this. This is too much for me. And you'd be surprised. The number of people that walk away from the faith because it's too hard. You see, church, it's by faith we have come to the Lord. It is by faith that we walk with the Lord. The just shall live by faith. You see, everything we do in the Christian life is, a, is about faith. It's about trusting the Lord. Yes, there's going to be suffering. It's not easy traveling that road to heaven. I don't know about you, but man, I've, I've ran into so many potholes. I'm beginning to wonder where, where, where the Lord's got the angels filling those holes in with gold, you know? I mean... I want a smooth walk, but it just seems like the smoother it is sometimes. And, it, and you, you think, oh, this is finally, finally, I got a break. All of a sudden you fall into a pit. You've tripped up. You're like, oh, something else. I'm going to be honest with you. So can I be honest with you this morning? Let me just be very frank. I was so excited yesterday. Yesterday morning, Virginia's feeling great. Sharon's feeling great. We're talking about worship tomorrow for today. And we were going over some of the things. We were just, it was awesome. And I said, thank you, Jesus. We're all going to be in church together tomorrow. And it's going to be awesome. And then Virginia wakes up at 11 o'clock at night with screaming pain in her eye. And I'm like, not good. Not good. See, See, the enemy knows what it takes to bring havoc, to bring disruption. Virginia said to me this morning when I left the house, she said, why? Why is he after me so bad? I said, because he doesn't want us to rejoice. I said, but you know what? You got pain in your eye, just rejoice. Just rejoice. You see, it, it, it's not an easy experience being a Christian. But we have something the world doesn't have. We have Jesus. And Jesus, he brings in that peace. He ushers in that peace. But he gives us great joy in the midst of our suffering. You see, Christians have trials because they live in a sinful world. We're a part of a fallen race. Remember, Adam and Eve's disobedience in the garden? 
We become a fallen race. The world of, of the world that we live in has wars and rumors of wars. We live in a world with tornadoes and earthquakes and underwater volcanoes erupting and cold weather. I can't get past that cold weather. It just ain't Janet, it ain't right. Telling you it ain't right. Cold weather where it's supposed to be warm, amen. The world where ran, where sin runs rampant and greed brings violence. Have you watched the news lately and all these things that are taking place? It's terrible. And I'm like, Lord, I don't understand. Where are you at? When are you coming? Now would be great. Christians have trials because of the power of Satan. The world that we live in reminds us of how, how demonic things have become. You see, the Word of God reminds us that we have an adversary. You know the, the, the passage in Ephesians 6, 11, and 12. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against the flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of darkness in this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This is what we have to put up with. Why? Because two people chose to be disobedient. Thank you, Adam and Eve. But it gets worse. Remember what happened? Anybody remember what happened after Adam and Eve? They got kicked out of the garden. The world began to grow. And Adam and Eve had sons and daughters. And they had Cain and Abel. And one didn't like the other so much. He was upset because his sacrifice was more grateful and pleasing unto the Lord than his own. And so what does he do? He kills his brother. What happens after that? The world continues to grow and sin runs abound and, and evil is in the hearts of man's head and heart in and, and ways. And so the Lord said, I got to start this business over. We got to get rid of all these people and all the beasts of the field. So he talks to this little guy named Noah. Tells him to build a boat. A man who's never seen rain. Probably very little running water, but this is the guy that God talks to because he knows how to build boats. No, he doesn't. The guy's never even probably saw a boat. And God tells him to build a ship. Not this little rowboat, but a ship. Tells him how big to make it. And if you don't know how big that is, there's this ark that they build in Tennessee, I think it is, or somewhere up there. And it's a replica. It's the same size is what the ark was. So if you want to see how big it is, just go and take a look at that. Is that in Kentucky? I knew it was somewhere. But you go see that thing and you'll know how big the ark was. But he, he has him to build this ship because he's got to put all these animals on it. I don't know about you women, but my wife would have been eat, 
been Noah's wife, when the animals were getting on board, she'd have had to talk with God about the snakes and the spiders. She'd have said, well, we draw the line. Those boys stay behind. They're just going to have to figure it out on their own. They ain't getting on this ship. Little cockroaches? Nope, they stay behind too. They ain't getting on. I, Virginia would have had a strong talk with God about these things. But guess what? God would have won out. God would have won out because he says, could you imagine? Well, if they don't get on, you don't get on. Oof. He wouldn't have been like that, but, but he, had, he had a plan. God had a plan to save mankind. He still had a plan. The plan was so strong that even after the flood, men, you think things would have changed. You think we would have got the picture after everybody being wiped off the face of the earth. You think Noah and the, and the boys and their wives, you think they, things would have, somebody would have got smart. But no. What was the problem? The problem was Satan. You see, Satan was cast into the midst of the earth. And, and so when man didn't disappear, so guess who else didn't disappear? Satan. So as the world began to grow and to populate again, Satan then began on the rampage and things got all over again, got out of control. So God had to send his only son to suffer for us. To suffer for us. He didn't sin. We did. And so he would send his son to suffer for us. I believe another reason Christians have trials is because we are on a collision course with the world. Jesus was despised and rejected in John 15. We're talking about, he says, if the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. So we can still walk with our heads up and we can walk with the Lord because he was hated before we were hated. You see, his life was in opposition of the course of the world. My question this morning is, your life, is it in opposition of the course of the world? Or are you just traveling along with the things that are happening? Are you just going with the flow? You see, we're not supposed to be going with the flow. We're supposed to be going with the Word of God. And the Word of God is in his opposition to the evilness that is in the world that we live in today. You see, the Word of God tells us that we're to live a holy life. We're to be walking in the footsteps of Christ. But it just seems like the more we try to take those steps, the more we try to walk in Christ, the more we try to stay focused on Him, it seems the harder it gets to follow. Why? Because the enemy continues to throw those fiery darts. And some of us got up this morning and we forgot to put on the armor of God. We forgot to put it on and so now these fiery darts are coming at us and they're hitting us. And they're causing havoc. 
So church, we need to back up. We need to suit up. And we need to start marching forward with the Word of God in hand. We need to start telling the people, look, Jesus loves you. I saw the truck this morning. It's a white truck. It's a Honda. Diane sent me a picture of it. And on his truck, in a, in a slam, it says, Jesus loves you. And it was out. It drove right in front of the church. But I said, I want that truck. <laughs> and then I got to think, I don't need that truck. I can just get it on mine. A, a rolling billboard, Jesus loves you. I love to tell people that Jesus loves them. I love to tell the world that Jesus loves them. It just excites me when I have the opportunity to tell them. Why? Because it's true. Jesus' love changes hearts. But Christian trials are different. Because he doesn't suffer alone. Other Christians stand with him or her in the midst of their suffering. We're, we're called to pray for one another. Amen? Have you prayed for somebody this week? Have you prayed for your church this week? Have you prayed for your spouse this week? Have you prayed for your family this week? I pray for my family all the time, and they watch sometimes. They're not all saved. But I pray that God will touch their heart. And change them. You know, in the midst of our suffering, in Romans 8.18 it says, For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be received in us. You know what that's saying to me? Glory, we have victory coming. In the midst of your suffering, you have victory coming. Amen? It's going to happen. Even in our darkest hours, Christ is working in us. Even in the midst of all of our problems, and all of our trials, Christ is working in us. He's walking with us. So you see, he has a, he, none of this has escaped him. None of this that we're suffering today, none of these things that are happening to us has caught Jesus by surprise. But when they happen, what do we do? Do we hang our head in defeat? Woe is me. I, I missed it again. I don't know why these bad things keep coming my way. Or do we rejoice? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for looking after me today. I got this little problem, but Lord, it's your problem. You know how many times I've talked to Virginia about situations or financial situations at home and I'll say now look we, we can't be spending this because we got to be saving for this and we got to be doing that and and I, I start laying it out to her and what does she say to me those famous words it's Jesus problem I said honey I know it's Jesus problem but we have to be careful it's Jesus's problem 
She said, so you don't trust him with it? Yeah, of course I trust him with it. Then why are you trying to figure it out? I said, I know, honey, but I'm just, I'm just trying to say we got to be, we got to use wisdom. I, then I try to bring the scripture into it about being smart and being good stewards. And she said, I know what you're trying to do. It ain't going to change my mind. See, nothing escapes that little mind of hers. She's got it together. And she reminds me that she's got it together. I said, well, if it's Jesus' problem, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the guy's breakfast tomorrow morning. No, you're not. She said, not unless you're cooking it here at the house and taking it. You see, sometimes I believe Christians, and I, this is what we don't want to hear. See, if you read verses 15 through 19, and you read that portion there, you will find that sometimes Christians bring suffering upon themselves. That's what we don't like to hear. This is a part, this is a part of Scripture we just would, we would rather leave this part out. Because what does he say in verse 15? But let none of you suffer as murderer as a thief or an evildoer or as a busybody in other man's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin in the house of God. And if it first began at us, what shall it end? Be of them and that obey not as gospel, or no, excuse me, obey not the gospel of God, and let the righteous scarcely be saved. Where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? You see, let none of you suffer as a murderer. I thought, well, what exactly does that mean? Well, if you flip over to 1 John 3, 15, it says, whoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And let ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. In other words, if you don't like your brother, we got a problem. John echoes Jesus' words that one who hates another is a murderer at heart. Christianity is a religion of, a, of the heart. And outward compliance alone is not enough. Bitterness against someone who has wronged you is an evildoer, a cancer within. And it will eventually destroy you. Don't let the root of bitterness grow in you. Because see, that's what happens with some people. They get that root of bitterness and they get upset and they get angry. And they don't let go. A busybody. What is a busybody then? Well, a busybody is someone who murders people's reputations. Someone who thinks they are looked down upon for their testimony when it is only for their meanness. Don't invite suffering through hypocrisy. You see, people do that. And you know what? What's the bad thing about all this? Is, who is Jesus talking to here? He's talking to the Christians. 
Because we have a way of being mean to others. It's not nice. We have a way of saying things to others that's not nice. But you know what? Sometimes Christians suffer because of backsliding and the reluctant of chastening, chastening. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And scores every son who is received. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For that with sons, he whom the Father chasteneth not. You see, church, we have an opportunity to change the suffering that we go through. Simply by leaning upon the Lord. Trusting in his word. You know, I say suffering now, but glory later. We have to make necessary changes to avoid bringing suffering upon ourselves. We have to, we have to make changes in our life. You see, that's one thing about the Christian life. Some people, they don't want to change. Well, I'm saved. And that's good enough. But we have to change our whole life. The Lord wants us to be, wants our lives to be pleasing unto him. I don't know about you, but I didn't get up this morning and say, okay, how can I make God unhappy this morning? What can I do that would just annoy him? Just pick at him. It pushes buttons. None of us will do that. Why? Because we'd be afraid he'd show up that next second. And then you're stuck. You're left behind. How many this morning wouldn't be left behind? Let me see your hands. I don't understand. Nobody wants to be left behind this morning? How many are ready to go this morning? Hallelujah. I'm ready to go. I, I mean, Jesus could come right now. It would just excite me to no end. Then they, those who get left behind, you'll just see a little pile of clothes here, I guess. That's what I saw on TV anyway, one of those shows. They just said, one, one TV show I saw where the rapture took place, the, the clothes were nicely folded. Good housekeeping. One movie I saw when the rapture took place, there was just a, a pile of clothes. It's all just laying there all loose and wrinkly and all that stuff just laying there loose. And one rapture scene I saw was just a little pile of ashes. I couldn't figure out that one. Because I'm thinking, wait a minute. If I'm being raptured, I'm gone. I don't think, maybe it was all the extra dirt that was left on the body just got brushed off onto a little pile. But that, I mean, those piles were pretty big. I couldn't figure it out. I just know this. I don't know how it's going to take place or how we're going to go when we go. I just know this. I want to be ready to go. I want to be prepared in my heart, in my soul, in my mind. I want to be prepared to go and meet the Lord. I know those that will be left behind, they will suffer. I don't want to suffer with them. I want, to, I, I want to be standing in the presence of the Lord. 
Christians, I want to say to you this morning, you will have trials. You will have trials. Things are going to happen that you don't expect to happen. But it's how you respond to those trials. And we respond to those trials by praying and asking God to help us through. The fire will be hot, but he'll walk you through it. And you'll become clean on the other side. Father, I thank you today for your word. I thank you, Lord. When Christians suffer, we won't. Lord, I pray that you will walk with us and you will help us in these areas of our life. Lord, that if we should suffer, Lord, let it be for the glory of God. Lord, when we have trials, help us to walk through them. Because, Lord, we know that you are by our side. Your word is declared to us that you will never leave us nor forsake us. That, Lord, every trial that we go through, every problem that we have, we know, Lord Jesus, you will go with us. And I ask today, Lord, help us in the midst of our trials. Walk with us in the midst of our trials. Lord, I ask that you would just be with each one of us today. Lord, those who are suffering this morning, those who are facing trials this morning, Lord, let them lean upon the word of God to help them to go through those trials, to help them go through the suffering that they face. Lord, let them look to the heavens. Let them experience, let them have an experience with you this morning. Let them have an experience in the midst of their trials and in the midst of their suffering. Lord, that you would speak to them, each one. Lord, that you would change their hearts, change their thoughts. Lord, as we surrender our heart and our soul and our mind to you, Lord, I pray that you will change each one of us each day, that we will become more like you. For Jesus, we know that you died on the cross for our sins. And Lord, that you have made a pledge to us that you will walk with us daily, having your way. Lord, let your will be complete in our life today. And we'll give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, and all of God's children said, Amen, amen and amen. Let us stand together.